is taken from John chapter 11, verses 1 to 53. That's John chapter 11, 1 to 53. Apologies if I go through this at a rate of knots, it's quite a, a long reading. Verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus, Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village Mary and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay ill, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, this illness will not end in death. No, it is for the gl God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you. Yet you're going to go back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It's when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in a tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come in the, into the world. After she said this, she went back and called her, her sister Mary aside. The, te the teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews 
who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he who opened the eyes of the blind man um, have... Sorry, could, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he, he said. But Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, by this time he has a bad odor, for he's been dead for four days. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing? they asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Then one of them, named Cephas, who was the high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do, uh, you do not realize that it's better for you that one man dies for the people than the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you, Basil. I'm pleased to keep your Bible open there on page 1077 as we reflect on this wonderful true story together. Love and death, two of life's greatest realities. Uh, we all know songs that say things like, I will always love you. We'll be together forever. When the chips are down, I'll be around with my undying, death-defying love for you. 
We love that idea, don't we? Love that goes on forever. Love that even death cannot end. But in a world like ours, why hope for that kind of love? A world where death tears apart friends, family, loved ones. Death ends relationship. We know the pain of that. Uh, those who loved Sandra, especially at this time, know that pain. Pain that lies behind words like these. Stop all the clocks. Cut off the telephone. Prevent the dog from barking with a juicy bone. Silence the pianos and with muffled drum bring out the coffin. Let the mourners come. I thought that love would last forever. I was wrong. Love that lasts forever, that kind of love only seems to live inside songs. The world we live in seems to be a place where, de where death defeats love. And so as we come to this story, it's a long passage, we're gonna miss stuff out, but as we come to this story, here's the thing we're going to see, that without Jesus, yes, death defeats love, but with Jesus, wonder of wonders, love defeats death. That there is one whose love doesn't end at the grave. In fact, his love overthrows it. So come to this true story in John 11, maybe familiar to lots of us, but it starts with Jesus hearing someone is ill, his friend Lazarus, brother to Mary and Martha. And Lazarus' sickness is serious. John repeats three times, Lazarus is ill, and Mary and Martha would only bother Jesus uh, if they were really concerned for their brother. But did you notice in verse 3, when they write to Jesus, they don't call their brother by name. They don't even ask Jesus to do something. They just say, Lord, the one you love is ill. Isn't that something? Lazarus is one Jesus loves. That's who he is. His identity is defined by Jesus' love for him. So Mary and Martha, they don't ask Jesus to help Lazarus because they don't need to. They know Jesus loves him. All they need to do is tell Jesus their brother is sick and they know Jesus will act in love. In fact, verse five, it's not just Lazarus who Jesus loves. He loves Mary and Martha, too. He loves this whole family. See, as we read this story, we're going to see how does Jesus treat the ones he loves? How does he show his love for his beloved? If you're a Christian believer this morning, how does Jesus treat you in love? Which brings us to a big surprise because you maybe wouldn't think Jesus loves this family from how he responds to their news. It's really strange. You'd expect to read, Jesus loved them. So when he heard Lazarus was ill, he dashed off to Bethany quick as he could to heal Lazarus. But verse six, Jesus loved them. And so when he heard Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. Isn't that odd? Picture it, Jesus hears the one you love is ill, really ill, and what does he do? He puts his feet up, 
makes a cup of tea, does a crossword, maybe watches a movie or two, you know, there's time, uh, goes for a long walk, and all the while the one he loves is moving closer to death. And it's only 48 hours later, when Lazarus has died, that Jesus makes a move in their direction. What's going on? Jesus, do you really love this family? When he finally arrives, Mary and Martha, they're going to ask him something similar. Lord, if you'd been here, our brother would not have died. There's a hint of accusation to that, isn't there? Jesus, you could have stopped this. Why didn't you? It's a question any grieving family today might want to ask. Jesus, why didn't you stop this happening? Do you love us? And we'll see how Jesus responds to Mary and Martha. But even before, you'll see on the screens, he gives us some idea of why he waited around. That in some way, he was setting the stage to reveal his glory by waking up Lazarus, and it's going to help others, including us, to believe, to trust in him. Still leaves lots of questions. And Jesus' disciples, they don't get it. Uh, Verse 16, they even think Jesus is going to get them all killed, that Jesus leads them to death. But Jesus does have a loving purpose, even in waiting around and letting his loved one die. It's going to let him show his love in ways he otherwise couldn't. And we see some of that when he finally gets to Bethany, to Mary and Martha. These two sisters, deep in grief, because four days ago they lost their brother. And maybe you noticed Mary and Martha, these grieving sisters, they come to Jesus and they say to him exactly the same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 21, that's what Martha says to Jesus. And verse 32, Mary says the same thing. And yet, Despite that, Jesus responds to Mary and Martha very differently. He comforts them both, but, he comforts, but his, how he comforts Martha looks very different to how he comforts Mary. Uh, Pastor Tim Keller puts it this way, Jesus comforts Martha in her grief with the ministry of truth, and he comforts Mary with the ministry of tears. We need both of those the ministry of truth and the ministry of tears. We need them both at different times. Sometimes in our grief, we need someone to tell us Christian truth. And sometimes we need them just to cry with us. And we'll sometimes get it wrong, whether to show someone the ministry of truth or the ministry of tears. But Jesus doesn't. Mary and Martha come to him and both say exactly the same thing but he doesn't wheel out the same one-size-fits-all response. In his wise love, he sees what they each need, and he comforts Martha with the ministry of truth, and he comforts Mary with the ministry of tears. So with Martha, he loves her by having a conversation with her about life after death. Uh, Verse 24, that shows us Martha has a, a general belief in life after death. I guess in that way, she's quite similar to lots of people today. There's got to be something after death, 
we think, even if we're not sure what. Uh, for Martha, she believes from the Old Testament that the dead will rise at the end of history. And in his love, Jesus wants to move Martha from her general belief in life after death to something much more personal, to show her and us, verse 25, that he is the key to life after death. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Imagine you're speaking to a grieving woman. Lots of things we might say, but we'd never say what Jesus does. I am the resurrection and the life. Not even I give resurrection and life, but I am those things. Jesus, he's not teaching some vague hope in life after death. He's saying, I'm the hope. It's me. See, really here, Jesus is claiming to be God. Uh, I am the Old Testament name for God who created life in the first place. Jesus says, that's me. I'm the source of life itself. Endless life is found in me. And so if you want endless life, Jesus says, plug into me, believe in me, trust in me. Anyone who does will live, even though they die. Because they're connected up to the source of life, they'll have life after death. Do you believe this? Church family, these are big truths, and we might have questions about them. How can Jesus the man claim to be God? How does believing in him lead to life? These are good things to talk about, because these aren't just academic truths the Lord Jesus gives us. They're truths he gives us to hold on to in the face of death, truths he gives us to comfort us in our grief. I am the resurrection and the life. So Jesus comforts Martha with the ministry of truth, but with her sister it's different. Uh, there's no conversation with Mary about the truths of the faith. Jesus' love for her looks different. Because unlike Martha, Mary comes to Jesus with deep emotion, falls at his feet weeping, overcome with grief. And so Jesus doesn't talk truth to Mary like he did with Martha. He could almost have wondered, couldn't you, in his conversation with Martha, is Jesus emotionally detached? Is he feeling anything about all that's going on? Well, verse 33, when Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Verse 35, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus meets Mary's deep feeling with deep feeling of his own. He weeps with her in public, surrounded by loads of people. He walks to Lazarus' tomb with tears running down his face. And he does that knowing that in a few minutes, Lazarus' tomb will be empty and they'll throw a great party. 
but it doesn't stop him weeping because death is awful. It separates people, turns love into loss. And Jesus loves Lazarus. He loves Martha. He loves Mary. He is love. So he weeps. When he sees the sorrow, death brings on his loved ones. Church family, those trusting in the Lord Jesus who've died will not stay dead. One day they'll be more alive than they ever were in this life. But it's still absolutely right to weep. And I can't imagine better proof that it's right to weep at death, even death that won't last, than the Lord Jesus himself weeping, shedding tears with Mary. And some there, they see in Jesus' tears evidence of his great love, verse 36. See how he loved him. Others, though, next verse, they question Jesus' love. As if they're thinking, Jesus, it's all well and good for you to cry over Lazarus, but he needed more than your tears. If you really loved him, you would have actually done something. You would have kept Lazarus from dying in the first place if you really loved him. You can understand that, can't you? But if that's what they were thinking, Jesus is going to show a greater love for his loved ones than they could have imagined. Love that defeats death. So Jesus comes to Lazarus' tomb. And John wants us to know, verse 38, what's going on inside him. Uh, again, Jesus is deeply moved. And we didn't talk about this before, but that word, it doesn't just mean Jesus comes to Lazarus' tomb with tears of sadness on his cheeks, but with anger in his heart. As Jesus comes face to face with death, he is full of burning rage. One old Christian says, Jesus approaches the tomb like a champion ready to fight because Jesus' love drives him to hate death. He's outraged by it. It's his enemy. He's burning to free his loved one from death's clutches. And in this fight, his weapon is his word. So he calls loudly, verse 43, Lazarus, come out. And the voice that spoke life into being draws the dead man from his tomb. Isn't it staggering? How did the people there feel? Imagine Mary and Martha at first not believing their eyes. Can it be? It is. And imagine their joy as they unwrapped their brother from the grave clothes they'd buried him in a few days before. What a reunion it must have been. But what I find most moving is how this story ends. Because now Lazarus has life, but the story ends with Jesus under a death sentence. People report to the religious establishment what Jesus has done. They think he's gonna get their nation destroyed. And so verse 53, from that day on, they plotted to take his life. And they would. By giving Lazarus life, Jesus set in motion the events that would lead to his death. In other words, here's how Jesus treats his loved ones. 
He gives them life at the cost of his own. He knew what he was doing. When Jesus heard Lazarus was ill, he could have hurried straight to Bethany, healed him, a death sentence avoided. But he wanted to show this family, and he wants to show us the depth of his love. So he waited, and he comforted Mary and Martha, and he raised Lazarus, all the while knowing he was walking into the jaws of death by doing so. Does Jesus really love this family? Does Jesus really love us? Yes. He gives us life at the cost of his death. He raises us from the grave, though it puts him in the grave. He gives up his life so we can live. Love that defeats death by laying down its life. And if you're a Christian believer this morning, then see and know this is the love with which Jesus loves you. You are his loved one. We are his loved ones, church family. And even if death puts us in a tomb, it will not be a barrier to his love for us. His love will raise us to live with him forever, and he gave his life to make it happen. Those songs of undying, forever love will finally come true for all who've believed in him. Because without Jesus, death defeats love. But with Jesus, love defeats death. And that's good. So see his glory and trust him. A minute now for our own prayers before we sing our next song.